and welcome back to another episode of She Existed, the podcast wherein I, Ashlyn Romagnoli, share a snack-sized introduction to a woman of history and or legend previously unknown to me. I also share opinions, sometimes, because I have a lot of them. And today, I'm a little zesty, y'all. A little zesty. Why, you might ask. Great question. Well, aside from climate change and the patriarchy, my standard issue grievances, we also have systemic racism. Boo. And as I mentioned last week, I decided to linger in the Eastern Hemisphere for a few episodes due to the recent racist attacks on Asians in the USA. I've spanned a couple of regions, um, being Chinese, Lin Sinyang is East Asian, uh, the maybe mythical Urduja would be considered Southeast Asian, as she's largely associated with the Philippines, and, uh, you know, it's important to be clear on differences there. Race is a social construct, but names have power, and names are important. But anyway, today's subject is a potentially real-life inspiration for Urduja called Gitarja. She's a historical figure from Java, which means she would also be Southeast Asian if you're keeping track. But before we dive in, here is my grievance of the day. So as I was researching Urduja last week, it turns out that there is an animated film about her that was released in 2008. So like, yay, more diversity represented in kids' films. Also, it was animated and voice acted by all Filipino actors, so that is also a big yay for sure. But... That is where my excitement fades. First of all, um, kind of as with some other ladies that we've seen in the past, uh, this representation of Verduja is very, very pale, people. Like, not even the most generous definition of bronze, which is how Urduja and her people were explicitly described in the only account that we have of her. So yeah, no definition of bronze would account for her skin tone in this animation. And sure, like, there's creative license, but really? And secondly, the story. Fuck. Where do I even begin? Okay. Here's the basic premise. Ordusha is the only daughter of a king. She's pretty badass, but he's getting old and dying, so it is critical, of course, that she find a dude to marry so he can take over the kingship. Some dude shows up, they fall in love, yada yada. You know the story. Okay, so I haven't seen the film, so it is entirely possible that there is some crazy M. Night-style twist, and they end up together, but the country has a feminist awakening, so she gets to rule everyone. Unlikely, but I accept that it is possible. But the premise alone is absolutely infuriating. Look, I get that the story I just described to you is a really common fairy tale-style story, and also a really common story in history. Unfortunately, I know that this is true. But that wasn't Orduja's story. It is so far from her story that we can't just chalk it up to creative license to create tension. Like, for once, we have an historical account of a woman who just kind of kicked ass and took names and her being a woman or having a brother didn't really matter and we forced her into this role. Like, just the sheer fact that this trope is so common that it can be plucked out of thin air and probably no one is going to be like, hey, so why is succession a problem? The heroine appears to be beloved and a warrior and smart, so why can't she just inherit the throne? Easy solution. This is a ridiculous premise. Like, no one's going to say that. So that's just kind of depressing to me that that's kind of the status quo and that they felt the need to put Urdusha into that container. Okay, well, rant over. 
So let's move on to Gitarja, who is a queen of Java, whom I discovered while researching Urduja, as there's a theory that Urduja could have been a mistranslation of Gitarja. I mean, I can see it. Now, Gitarja was only one of her names. Her regnal name was Tribuwana Tunga Dewi Jayawishnu Wardhani, which means the exalted goddess of three worlds which the glory of Vishnu radiates. Lovely. I think you can see, though, why I am going to keep calling her Gitarja. <laughs> Gitarja was born no later than 1309 CE, although we don't know the exact year. She had royalty coming at her on both sides. Her mother was one of the last surviving royals of the Singhasari kingdom located in East Java, and her father was the founding ruler of the Majapahit Empire. Now, what's kind of interesting here is that this empire, which was a Hindu empire founded in 1293 and would last almost 250 years, it was created when the Singhasari capital city was treacherously destroyed. Radham Wijaya, that is Gitarja's dad, pretended to submit to the treacherous new king and began a settlement in a place that grew Maja fruits, which is the genesis of the name of the future empire, Majapahit. He bided his time, and one day, when a Mongol naval force showed up at the island, he allied with them to overthrow his former ruler. And then he turned on the Mongols and forced them to withdraw. Bam! Empire. It's that easy. Anyway, he married Gitarja's mother, Gayatri Rajapatni, and also all of her sisters, possibly to ensure solidified legitimacy of his line so no one else could claim to have offspring of the former kingdom's royalty, um, but Gayatri did seem to be his favorite wife, or one of his favorite wives, at least. So that's her parents, and unfortunately, young Gitarja had a pretty messed up childhood. Her half-brother inherited the throne, and man, was this dude a piece of work. In fact, his nickname was Kalagemet, or Weak Villain. Ouch. Apparently, he was a really good-looking guy, known for creeping on his subordinates. And, you know, since he was king, that means everyone's wives and daughters. There's some indication that he was also quite unpopular, as his mother was not one of the former Singhasari royals. But even if that kind of um, anti-foreign sentiment were part of it, he also was just definitely a massive creeper. Uh, and here's one reason why. Two have said wives and daughters he coveted were his deceased father's only two daughters. That's right, his half-sisters, Gitarja and her younger or possibly twin sister, whom I briefly referenced last week, as her title apparently meant Princess Vagina, which yes, I will reference at every opportunity. Okay, so polygamy may have totally been a thing in Majapahit, obviously, since uh, Gitarja's mom was one of several wives, but incest? Not so much. The girl's mother, Gayatri Rajapatni, was a devout Buddhist, and so she and a bunch of other nobles were like, no, absolutely not, you are gross. And while he didn't end up actually marrying his two sisters, he did lock them in the woman's quarter of his palace for years, denying them access to the court and their ability to do, well, anything, until they were past the commonly accepted marriageable age. Fortunately, our weak villain was assassinated, either by one of his slighted noblemen whose wife he creeped on, or possibly by the advisor to Gayatri Rajapatni, who uh, apparently was this super badass guy named Gajamada. Remember the name, it'll come up again. Either way, king's dead now, left no children. I guess his creeping wasn't quite as successful as he may have liked it to be. Now, 
Guitarja's mother could have taken the throne at this time. Apparently that would legally and culturally have made sense, as the king had had no children and she was the widow of the former king, but instead she chose to become a Buddhist nun. I don't blame her. Her life sounded pretty eventful, between like the fall of her family's kingdom, the creation of a new empire with her husband and sister wives, and then her stepson trying to marry her two daughters. So instead she ordered that Guitarja take the throne as her oldest daughter. Now, even though in theory, from what I understand, she would have been past the culturally accepted marriageable age in Java, Guitarja did marry a man named Krita Vardana, and they had a son, Haim Wuruk. In 1331, Guitarja herself led an army to crush a rebellion. So that's kind of like a callback to the whole, was she the inspiration for Arduja? And this is probably why, because Arduja was described as being a totally badass warrior woman, and Guitarja herself did lead an army. And I wish that I had more details about that, but apparently it was quite successful. And partly she led it because a couple of her advisors had been squabbling about who was going to have the honor of crushing this rebellion for her, and she was just like, F you, I'll lead it myself. She must have acquired a taste for dominion, though, because not long after that, she began a massive expansion of her kingdom through conquest. Starting in 1343, she conquered the kingdom of Pejeng, Dalamberehulu, and the entire island of Bali. So one of those two advisors that I mentioned, the squabblers, was in fact Gajamata, the same Gajamata who may have assassinated her half-brother, the king, back in the day. So this guy, he shows up a lot. She eventually made him sort of the prime minister of her court, and he was instrumental in helping with the expansion of the empire. In fact, he swore a famous oath, the Sumpa Palapa, in which he swore not to eat spiced food until they had united the entire Indonesian archipelago under the empire. This is a very serious oath to me. I mean, maybe it sounds like a little silly if you're like British or from the Midwestern United States, but like, damn, no spices from like the place that has the best spices? That's pretty serious. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. And when Guitarja's mother, uh, who is now, as you might recall, a Buddhist nun, died, Guitarja lost her claim to the throne. So I'm a little confused about how this works, but I guess since the one with the claim to the throne after the original king died was Guitarja's mom and she named Guitarja, that was gravy. But after she died, if there is a male available, he gets to have the throne. They basically were like, boop, 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 where is the nearest male heir? So maybe if they had named the animated movie Guitarja instead of Urdusha, this would have made a little more sense. Anyway, like I said, a little zesty. Anyway, Guitarja's son was of age by the time that his grandma died, so he was made king. However, Guitarja remained a big part of court life, continuing to advise her son for many, many years, and Gajamata continues in his role advising her son as he, too, continues his goal of the conquest of as much of Indonesia as humanly possible because he wants some tasty food, apparently. In around 1350 or so, Guitarja died. Uh, she would have been around 40, 41. Very eventful life. She was posthumously deified as Parvati, the Hindu goddess of love, fertility, beauty, marriage, strength, and power. From what I read, a common belief at this time was that your rulers had aspects of the souls of gods or goddesses, and that when they died, that piece and that aspect was rejoined, and they often had temples dedicated to them uh, so that people could continue worshipping them. So I guess in a way, she lived happily ever after. 
So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Here are a few things you might want to look up. Gitarja is spelled G-I-T-A-R-J-A. Java, that is the island upon which all of this drama takes place. J-A-V-A. Majapahit Empire, M-A-J-A-P-A-H-I-T. Oh, and this one was cool. (laughs) Thalassocracy. So this is an empire that rules by the sea. I didn't really use it in the podcast, but uh, it's just something I came across and learned, which is super cool because that is what the Majapahit Empire would have been. A thalassocracy. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I will see you next time. Stay curious out there, guys. I don't know. What do you think? Catchphrase? Maybe? No? Lame? Stupid? Whatever. Right. Bye.